promotional fee has been paid by the sponsor of this program for its editorial content. Statements, views, and beliefs expressed by the sponsor do not reflect those of WOKV or Cox Media Group. In the House with Ken and Jared is brought to you by Universal Roof and Contracting. Our Ask the Expert weekend continues with In the House with Ken and Jared. For all your questions on roofing, siding, and home improvement, call 340-1045. Ken and Jared at Universal Roof are ready to answer your questions. In the House on News 1045 WOKV. Hey, hey, welcome. Another edition In the House with Ken and Jared. Hi, my name is Jared Mellick. Sometimes sitting next to me is my father, Ken. I am flying solo today. Uh, this show is called In the House. It's all about home improvement and construction. If you have a project that you're working on and you want to know how to get to the next step, or if there's something in the house that you need to fix, you want to know how to get started with it, this is the place to be. Whether it's a structural question, electrical, plumbing, anything having to do with home improvement, uh, you can give us a call and we will answer those home improvement questions. Number to dial is 340-1045. You can also email us a question. You can do that through our website, questions at universalroofjacks.com. So I own a business. It's called Universal Roof and Contracting. Uh, throughout the week, we help people with their roofing, siding, and window needs. But I'm a general contractor, so any type of home improvement question is okay. Uh, I've uh, been around construction my entire life. Uh, I hold uh, four licenses here in the state of Florida and uh, uh, have a lot of experience in kitchens, baths, remodels, additions, uh, all types of, uh, of construction. So I can answer any of those home improvement questions that you have. Uh, our business has a tendency to focus just on roofing, siding, and windows. Uh, but uh, uh, on the show, I open it up to any type of home improvement question. All right, so I've got some stuff on my talk agenda to talk, get to as well some projects that we're working on, uh, some email questions uh, that we need to get to. But the best part of this show is you, our great listener. Uh, and so if you want to give us a call, 340-1045 with your home improvement questions, I'd uh, be honored uh, to have you uh, be a part of the show with me. In fact, let's start out there. Let's just go straight to the phones, not waste any time. Uh, we're going to talk to William in Melrose. How are you doing today, William? I'm doing great. Thanks. I love your show. Uh, Thanks, brother. We're we're going to put uh, laminate flooring down in a over tile uh, in the living room and dining room. Yes, sir. And um, we're, we believe we're going to go with the uh, 12 millimeter, mm-hmm. and we uh, need to know what kind of an underlayment should we uh, put down because there are lots of uh, different kinds, so that it feels like real wood and protects and all of that. Sure. So um, first, let's talk about the the process that you're going through. How um, does this room connect via a doorway to other areas of the home, this area where you're going to put the laminate flooring down? Yes, it does. And there's enough space under the current door because there used to be carpet. And uh, so there's enough space for it to go under. 
Okay, good. Because one of our concerns is uh, when when putting uh, anything over the top, whether it's laminate or other tile or anything, is that um, there's this height change issue as you go to other rooms, uh, and then uh, you don't want to close off the space. Interior uh, doors have a space underneath of them so that the air can travel from one area to the other uh, throughout the house with a door closed and so that the air conditioning and heat exchange throughout the entire home can work properly and if you uh, uh, don't have that gap underneath of the interior doors then it can uh, you know affect the airflow in the home um, whenever you're deciding whether or not to go over the top of an existing floor I always want you to get a quote both ways so you understand what the cost difference is usually the removal of the old floor costs about a dollar a square foot that's on average what it costs. The problem with going over the top is that one, you have a height difference. Two, that door issue that I talked about. And then the third is, is you're marrying into whatever problems are underneath of it. So what I have seen is somebody puts over the top laminate floors uh, over the top of tile, and then six months later, a year later, two years later, the tile underneath of it separates from the slab, and all of a sudden you get pops or high areas where the where the tile has separated and and actually popped off the slab and come loose and then you have high areas where um, you have problems underneath of the laminate you got to remove the laminate to get down to it so before you go over the top I always want you to get a quote on what it costs to remove the old that way when you're making a decision you're making a decision with all the information and the right information okay so that's the first thing now let's get to your actual question uh, which is um, uh, which is the uh, the underlayment all right, so one of the biggest complaints that we see with laminate floors, and because most of the time they're installed um, using what's called the floating floor system, uh, which that's what it sounds like you're doing, where you're just laying it over the top, you're not gluing it, you're not nailing it, you put an underlayment right. system, you have an underlayment system down, and then the laminate kind of clicks together and just rests uh, over the top of the existing floor, and it lays there because we have this thing uh, on Earth called gravity, and gravity has a tendency to hold things down. And so um, one of the biggest complaints that we find with laminate flooring is the hollow sound. And so um, uh, they, uh, 10 years ago, I would have told you it's just part of laminate floors and no matter what you do, you're going to have that hollow sound. They've actually come a long way with the underlayment systems where there are ones that are quieter than others. And so what I want you to do is when you're selecting those, I want you to test them because different manufacturers, it's not like I can tell you the best one is this one that doesn't have a hollow sound. It's, it, um, each manufacturer is going to make some that have better ones than others. The most important part of the underlayment uh, is, the, uh, is the sound deadening quality. That's the most important part of the underlayment. So I want you to test whichever one you're thinking about using. And most flooring stores uh, will actually have the different ones uh, in their showroom that you can physically walk on to hear the difference between them. Oh, okay. 
and then you just select the one that that is going to be the quietest. Um, but I I can't necessarily tell you. Oh, okay, it's going to be the you know this exact um, uh, product or this exact manufacturer. Every manufacturer is going to have some, and and some have uh, um, uh, more. Uh, uh, deadening sound uh, than others. I see. Yeah, okay. I was wondering if it's just a matter of thickness or some of them have little bubble things on them and, you know, it's a pretty big variety. Yeah, there's a huge variety. Uh, and uh, some of them use like a foam material with no spacing. Some of them use, a, uh, as you said, there's a like a dead air space underneath. And so I don't necessarily have a style that I think is best because – there's going to be one manufacturer's foam style is going to be better than another manufacturer's, uh, you know, with the with the air pockets underneath. So it's really just going to depend on that individual manufacturer. You just want to look at, you want to test them and actually try them out prior to selecting them uh, for that individual manufacturer. Because there's a bunch of different manufacturers of the of the underlayment system. So. Um, so there's not necessarily a type that's best. More like a. a um, you know, uh, each manufacturer is going to have some that are better than others. Yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of uh, thickness, I said we were going with um, 12 millimeter. Do, do you um, have an opinion about that? Say the difference between a 10 and a 12. I think the thicker is better, um, as long as you don't have the height. As long as you don't have that height issue that I talked about. So, um, uh, but thick, thicker is better for sure. Now, um, the tile that we have down now has been here over 10 years, and there's never been a problem with any of the uh, tiles loosening. Uh, do you think we would be okay then in going over that? I mean, will going over it change anything underneath? Yeah, I mean, you're talking to a guy who I always say to remove it and get down to the to the base. So I'm I'm probably biased in that way in that – I am never a big fan of going over the top of anything, and the reason is is because I've just – throughout my years in, in business, I've just seen so many times where where it causes a problem later on. So my solution, no matter what type of uh, – whether it's siding, whether it's roofing, whether it's flooring, my solution is always to get down to the um, – uh, is is always to get down to the base substrate. I'm never a big fan of going over the top. So you're you're probably not going to get me to change my mind on that, William. Okay. Uh, but I'm but I'm I'm just biased on it just because I've seen countless times where it's a problem. Now I've also seen situations where it never causes a problem. But I'm a you know I I'm a uh, I'm a numbers guy, right? And so, uh, so I always look at what does it actually cost to remove it, and usually the removal cost is the least expensive part. And so, because of that, I have a tendency to to you know to want to tear it down. So, plus demos the most fun part of any project. <laughs> I, anytime there's demo, I love demo. You know, but but you know, like for example, in my my most recent house. Um, you know, it had this Mexican Santilla tile throughout the entire house, and then underneath of that, it had this this other uh, tile. And and I removed uh, three thousand square foot of tile when I did my last remodel at my own personal house. And um, 
uh, and uh, and so it, it was a chore. And about three quarters of the way through, I said, I can't believe I'm doing this. I should have just gone over the top. But now, as I look back, I'm so grateful that I did. So I, you yeah, know, yeah. I it's just one of those things. I I'm I'm always going to err on the side of of uh, getting down to the base. Yeah, I was thinking, and here's another argument. <laughs> I was thinking that the tile on top would provide more of a moisture barrier since the slab is on the ground and we live near water. Yeah, um, I don't I, I don't think so. If it's gonna get through the uh if it's gonna get through the slab, it's gonna get through the brakes of the mortar. I don't think that that's gonna I, I understand your argument, but tile doesn't have any waterproofing uh it won't get through the tile, it'll actually get through the brakes. So um so yeah, I it's a it's an interesting argument. I, di- I would disagree. Because I do try anyway. Yeah, I do want. I I I love the effort though, William. I do. Okay. All right, brother. I just just don't look forward to the idea of taking up a floor. (laughs) If you need some justification, I uh, I can. I'll I'll side with you just just for argument. If you need me, if you need me to step in, if your wife wants to remove it and you don't, I'll I'll step in on your side just because I'm I, I'm I'm your brother. But uh, other than that, I'm not. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks so much. We enjoy your show. All right. Thanks, man. All right. If you want to take his line, three four zero one zero four five again, three four zero one zero four five. All right. Need to take a quick break. When we come back, Darren on the west side needs advice for a roof repair. John Middleberg uh, wants to turn his tub into a shower. Both two great questions. Uh, you're in the house. I'll be right back. Hey, hey! Welcome back in the house with Ken and Jared. Your home improvement questions are answered here. Hi, my name is Jared Mellick. I own Universal Roof and Contracting. We uh, are your local roofing, siding, and window contractor. And I do this little show called In the House, where we answer your home improvement questions. Any type of home improvement question is okay with me. Love for you to be a part of the show. Three four zero one zero four five. Also, if you're shy or don't like the sound of your voice on the radio, uh, you can. Email Email me a question, questions at universalroofjacks.com. Again, questions at universalroofjacks.com. And uh, even if you email me a question, I'm not going to say that you're shy uh, or that you just don't like the sound of your voice on the radio. If you just want to email me a question and not talk to me, that's all right. Questions at universalroofjacks.com. All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's talk to Darren on the west side. Uh, Darren, how are you doing this morning? Darren, are you there? Okay. We lost Darren. All right, let's go to John in Middleburg. John, you're in the house. How can I help you? I got a quick question about plumbing. Sure. Uh, I got a garden tub that I want to turn into a shower. I've got to replace some siding, and this would be the ultimate time to run some pipe. Okay. Um, I know most plumbers run copper. Up to the shower heads. Yes. Um, would it be any, where would I need to change over from copper to CPV, CPVC? Because I'm looking at 30 feet of water distance. Sure. So where, um, uh, what type of plumbing do you have in there now? Uh, it's all the CPVC. 
I see. Okay, so usually they're going to do it just right at the transition of the wall where it goes up to the shower. That's usually where most plumbers are going to are going to do it. You can uh, use PVC in the wall in that area as well if you want, but you are correct that many plumbers that is how they do it. They'll run the the PVC over to there and then use the copper from there up. Um, which you just want to use the proper connector uh, whenever you connect uh, any two dissimilar uh, types of piping. Uh, there's going to be specific connectors that are used at that transition, and so you just want to make sure that that transition is done well. You're going to find that most of the time it's done right at the wall where it goes up or down into uh, uh, into the supply lines uh, for that individual uh, shower area. Okay, so I probably need to fish copper through the ceiling and then transfer over to the other pipe in the wall. Yes, that's correct. Okay. That's most, well, that's most of the time how they're going to do it. Okay, well, that's that's what I thought. I just figured I'd get your opinion. And... Perfect. I appreciate your call, John. Thanks for Well, thanks for I appreciate uh, your answer. All right, brother. Take care. Good luck with that Bye. project. Okay. Nope. Number to dial 340-1045, 340-1045 with your home improvement questions. Uh, and you can email us a question, questions at universalroofjacks.com. All right, let's go to Reggie in Mandarin. How are you doing today, Reggie? I'm fine. Good. How can I help you? An old concrete slab floor. Mm-hmm. It has a black adhesive applied to it with an old tile, 10 by 10, we'll say, size tile to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tile that's on there is very brittle and hard. What kind of tile would that be? Would you know? Or It's uh, 25, 30 years old, probably. Hmm. Uh, well, uh, it could it could be ceramic. It actually could. Uh, um, it this, could have some asbestos in it, actually. 30 okay. years. What year was the house built? Oh, back, uh, I would say back in 1970, 75, somewhere in those areas. Okay. So it's right at the transition point where it possibly could have an, some asbestos in it. Just curious, okay. why, why are you trying to identify it? Uh, we're just trying to uh, want to get it up and okay. uh, get it up and get it out of the way. And uh, then we're going with a different floor and over the top. But as okay. you were mentioning a minute ago, you like to remove the old tiles. Always, always. So it is possible that it has some has some asbestos in it. That's the only reason I'd be concerned with removal. Um, uh-huh. It's right at the transition area where I think it was 1978, if I remember correctly, uh, when asbestos was outlawed. I might be wrong on that by a few years, but um, but it was right around that time. I was born in '73, so I'm not doing this from <laughs> I, I, I'm not doing this from memory of when it was outlawed. I'm doing it from memory of my last asbestos training, uh, uh-huh. and I'm pretty sure it was 78. Um, so there are um, uh, test kits that you can get to determine if it is an asbestos-containing material. So basically what you would do is you can, you can find those online, and then you can get a test kit, and then you, you basically do a little uh, scratch of it. Uh, put it on the uh, the test area, and then you send it off to a lab. That's really the only area, only reason I'd be concerned about removal. And then there's special things you have to do to remove. You don't want the airborne asbestos to get into your lungs. That's the my biggest concern with the removal. So, good luck with that, Mike. Thanks for your call. All right. 
or sorry, good luck, Reggie. That's who you are. All right, we'll be uh, right back. This is in the house. Our Ask the Expert weekend continues with In the House with Ken and Jared. For all your questions on roofing, siding, and home improvement, call 340-1045. Ken and Jared at Universal Roof are ready to answer your questions. In the House on News 1045 WOKV. Hey, hey, welcome back in the house with Ken and Jared. Appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with me. It's a great weekend to do those projects around your house. If you uh, are doing a remodel or an addition and have a question about it, maybe you're thinking about um, removing the wall that separates your family room from your kitchen. You want to know how to figure out if it's load-bearing. Maybe you're thinking about doing some painting and you want to know the the best uh, uh, primer to use. Uh, Really anything having to do with home improvement, you can give me a call. Number here, 340-1045 to call with your home improvement questions. You can also email me a question uh, questions at universal roof jacks.com uh, you know uh, throughout the week uh, in our business universal roof and contracting I uh, do roofing siding and windows that's what we have a tendency to focus on uh, but we answer all types of home improvement questions here on in the house uh, so any type of question is okay I don't know everything that is absolutely true just ask my wife she tells me all the time the stuff that I don't know. Uh, but uh, when we come in here to answer home improvement questions, uh, I've uh, been in construction a long time. And so uh, many of those home improvement questions I can answer 340-1045. All right. So we are uh, having a, a pressure wash special at our business. Uh, you can uh, let us clean your driveway, just $99.00. And uh, with uh, that driveway pressure wash clean, you receive 15% uh, off any roofing or siding project uh, uh, um, as a replacement or $150 off any roofing or siding repairs. Also includes a free home exterior uh, evaluation. So if you want to call my office uh, to schedule that, 647-3907. Again, 647-3907. All right, so let's go to Rob on the west side. Rob, you're in the house. How can I help you? Yeah, what I'm doing is I'm removing the carpet and putting on wood flooring. Okay. Now, the baseboard, does why have to remove the baseboard, or can I put the wood tiling against the baseboard and put wood trim around? Yeah, you can do it either way. Um, so a lot of people will use this as an opportunity to get uh, taller, bigger, uh, baseboards, uh, but if you want to save the labor of that, and uh, then what you can do is you can just keep the baseboards in uh, intact, take the um, the new flooring material up to the baseboard, and then most of the time you're going to see people use a quarter round uh, right at the transition of where the baseboard and the floors come together. So uh, you can do it either way, um, uh, and I've done it both ways in my pro- in the projects that I've done personally at my own house. the The first time I did it, the uh, the baseboards were you know good five and a quarter inch tall baseboards, and uh, and the height was okay. They were nice. They were in good shape. So I just took the floors to it and just used that quarter round, and then I painted it the same color as the baseboard uh, before I actually put it down. I, I uh, set some sawhorses up. 
up in my yard and I went ahead and sprayed that quarter round so it was the same color. Uh, and then when I uh, installed it, it just matched uh, accordingly. Uh, the second time uh, that I did floors in a house, uh, the baseboards were small, three-inch baseboards. They were the clamshell. Uh, they, were, they weren't very nice, weren't in good shape. And so in that case, I removed the baseboards uh, and then just installed new ones. So you can do it either way. Oh, that's great because um, I'm just trying to limit the time I spend putting down the floor. Yep, and that'll that'll do it for sure. Uh, I mean, the the idea of the baseboard is that it it hides the imperfections along the outer edge. You want to leave that wood uh, shy of the baseboard a little bit, so it has room to expand and contract. You don't want it all the way up to it. You want to leave it shy, uh, probably uh, you know a quarter inch. Uh, but you always want to make sure that it's uh, no greater gap than what the size of your quarter round or or new trim is that you're putting along the outside edge. So you want to make sure that you leave a gap, but you don't want to leave it too great. Well, that sounds good. I think I can get her done. All right. Sounds good. Good luck with that project, bud. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. All right. If you want to take his line, it's uh, 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. You know, we're expecting a, a lot more rain this year. Uh, you know, in Florida, we get a lot of rain anyways. Uh, but uh, I've seen some... Uh, um, a uh, bunch of weather discussions that says that this is going to be a, a heavier than usual rainy season. Now, I don't know how they decide that, but I heard it, so I'm going to repeat it. Uh, but if, uh, if you think your roof might be getting to the age uh, where it may need to be replaced, uh, then you can give us a call, Universal Roof and Contracting. Uh, we'd love to be a part of your next roofing, siding, or window project. Uh, and you can call my office, 647-3907. Again, 647-3907. We always give free estimates. We'll send our estimators out there, take a look at it for free, and help you with your next roofing, siding, or window project and this is the best time of year to do it this is historically the slow time in roofing don't wait till the spring and summer when the storms come uh, call now because we're actually having some great specials right now and um, uh, and uh, because this is the off season uh, for roofing if who knew that roofing had an off season I did because I own a roofing company. You probably didn't, uh, but we do. We have an off-season, and this is it. And uh, so if you call the office, we're having some great specials right now, 647-3907. Best time to buy something is when uh, other people are not buying it. That's what's called supply and demand. Uh, and so this is the best time of year uh, to buy a roof. Uh, the number, again, 647-3907. All right, let's go to Henry. Actually, do I have time to take one more before we take a break? Okay, let's go to Henry in St. Augustine. Henry, how can I help you? Hey, good morning. Um, good morning. I'm doing uh, some rehab work on a foreclosure home I purchased, and I'm just curious on the ceiling where you get some uh, water staining from the air conditioning vents. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you can paint over that with kills, but how do you how do you prevent that from uh, the, the you know the getting the moisture stains in the future? Is there something that's not not been taken care of adequately in the attic? Sure. So if we if we look, there's three things that would typically cause um, staining around those uh, AC registers, uh, and it's in the ceiling, correct? Your AC registers. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So um, so one is, um, or and the most common is that where the ductwork meets uh, the 
that uh, that register, it's supposed to be attached tight there. It's supposed to be uh, um, uh, sealed in that area. And sometimes what they'll do is they just kind of flop it over the top and don't actually connect the two together. And so as the cold air uh, from the AC meets the hot air in the attic, that condensation forms and that and you get staining there. So that's one okay. one reason. Uh, second reason is that I actually find it's very common that a roof leak causes that. Uh, what happens when the when the water falls um, from the um, uh, from the the roof down into the ceiling, the water takes the path of least resistance. Well, that's a hole in the drywall, and there's usually less insulation there. So a lot of times the water staining will actually show up in that area, but it's coming from somewhere else. So we actually find roof leaks are more common to show up on the inside of, uh, of the ceiling at those holes or around those AC registers. So many times it's not an AC problem. It's actually a roof problem. Okay. And then the third thing is is a lot of times what they'll do is that when they do batten style insulation or blown style insulation they will not get it that insulation tight to the ductwork and then again condensation will form in that area because of hot because of heat and uh, colds coming together so those are okay. the three most common reasons so if you just fix those things and then spray it with kills or first determine what's causing it and then fix it and then uh, spray it with kills you should be fine okay Thanks. All right. Thank Thanks, Henry. Appreciate it. All right. I need to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we've got an uh, email question we need to get to and two additional uh, uh, phone calls. You're listening to In the House on News 104.5 WOKV. Welcome back in the house with Ken and Jared. Appreciate you listening today. If you want to email us a question, do that, uh, questions at universalroofjacks.com. That's what Alex did, and uh, Alex writes, aside from aesthetics, is there any real benefit to go with architectural shingles versus three-tab shingles that would justify the cost difference between the two? Thank you very much. Yeah, there is uh, obviously the aesthetic difference. They do look a lot better, uh, but there is some functional difference as well. Um, architectural shingles at their weakest point are two to three layers thick, where three-tab shingles, basically what they do is they take a shingle and they cut a hole out in it every foot. So in its weakest point, it, is on, it is only one layer thick. So if that area fails or gets a crack or a tear in it, then you have a hole that water can get inside. With architectural shingles, depending on the style of architectural, large majority of them are at a minimum two layers thick. They don't have that cutout in them. They have other laminated pieces that go over the top. So because of that, yes, there is a functional difference between the two, not just aesthetic. Uh, the other thing is, is that it'll hide more imperfections in the uh, in the wood. We get bowing with wood; it'll hide a lot of those imperfections with the architectural. Uh, also, increases the value of the property. Uh, three tab sh shingles are known as the cheap option. A number of years ago, they were actually the codes were talking about outlawing three tab shingles, and then uh, the builders got all all upset and uh, and they. 
they actually stopped that process. But for a while there, we actually thought 3TAB were going to be outlawed in the state of Florida. But uh, they are allowed, uh, but uh, most people don't use them. So uh, thank you for that uh, text question. By the way, if you want to get a quote from us, we'd be honored to be part of that uh, that project with you. Uh, and uh, our office number is 647-3907. Uh, we uh, always uh, offer free estimates, uh, and uh, we actually have some uh, zero-interest uh, loans going on right now as well. So check that out. Uh, Universal Roof and Contracting, go to our website, universalroofjacks.com. All right, let's go to Kenny on the south side. Kenny, how you doing today? Hey, good morning. Uh, I think you guys did a, a good service to the community helping out, so I appreciate it. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. My question, uh, our roof is about 13 and a half years old. It was put on in 2002, so that gives you an idea on that. That's still pretty young. It's still pretty yeah. young for a roof. Yeah. Right. Um, when they installed it, somebody did something wrong. They, I've done a little bit of roofing. It's been a long time, but down where the drip guard is in the fascia, I have that cupping effect yeah. at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that water can run up underneath there. I've got one place on the back of my – I have gutters all the way around my house. Hmm. i got one spot where the water will – it doesn't even go in the gutter. Goes up, it goes up behind the gutter and then drops. So yeah. that's kind of how I know there's a problem. But is there a remedy – there's probably a couple ways to fix that. Sure. Is there a – is there a uh, – Le- you know, can you give me like a least expensive remedy versus? Sure. Yeah. So let's uh, let's first talk about. Yeah. Let's first talk about this. What causes it? Um, there's a few different causes of it. So um, so let me kind of check, go through them, and then we'd have to look and see what causes yours specifically. But. Um, one, what will ha- sometimes what will happen is is that when the builder builds, they'll actually raise the fascia too high. They'll set the fascia above the decking level, which creates kind of a flat spot. When the, then when the roofer comes over and puts the drip edge on, uh, you get that kind of flat area, which causes the cupping. That's one cause. Second cause is that when, uh, uh, when the roofer uses the drip edge, if it's a steeper pitch um, – then the angle of the drip edge has to be specifically made for the angle of the roof. And so they have some standard sizes drip edge drip edges, but if you have a steeper pitch, then a lot of times it'll just flatten out that outer edge um, uh, because the drip edge isn't made for that exact pitch, and that can cause the cupping. And then the third reason is that a lot of times gutter installers, in order to get the gutter behind the drip edge, what they'll do is they'll go around and lift up the drip edge along the outer edge, and so then it'll cause that cupping along the outer edge. So those are the three reasons why it happens. Now, when we look at repairs, we repair roofs all the time, so we don't mind doing repairs. What we look at is the cost of repair versus the cost of replacement to see whether or not it's worth doing that repair. I'm a numbers guy, so I'm going to always look at it from a number perspective. If you can extend the life of the roof and the cost per year is less to repair it than to replace it, then I'm going to recommend a repair. So um, the problem, though, with 
that style of repair is that it's a big repair. It's all the way around the outer edge. And if we look at repairs, it's much easier to repair the middle or top of the roof than it is the bottom edge because of how roofs are installed. It's called the shingle method, which means you start on the low edge first and you work your way up. And so if the shingles are flexible and pliable, we can repair that bottom edge. If they're not flexible and pliable, then you can't. And so... Um, but we have repairs. We do repairs all the all day to 13-year-old roofs. That's pretty young. But I have found that some 13-year-old roofs are so brittle that you just can't repair it. So uh, I don't know without looking at it uh, whether or okay. not you can. But yeah, I was going to ask you about. Um, it seems like I've I've seen before uh, where they'll take a uh, a torch to heat the shingles up a little bit. I don't know if I was uh, seeing that in a different application or not. To get them a little more pliable, you know, where you can get, uh, you know, either get some kind of uh, caulk underneath there or something. Yeah, you, know? you don't. Um, you don't want. There is there is a material that's torched down roofing that you use a torch on, but you definitely do not want to use it on an asphalt based fiberglass shingle. Um, uh, some of the asphalts are actually um, uh, uh, not fireproof. Some of the plastic roof cements, and I've actually seen people burn houses down that way. Uh, so we don't recommend that you take a torch to an asphalt shingle. We do right. though. There are times, you know, this in this. Uh, when it's hotter outside, they are more flexible, um, some of them. But we can tell whether or not it's going to be flexible just by uh, by taking a flat bar to it to know whether or not we'll be able to separate it. So our technicians will be able to determine if it's, if it's repairable or not. Either way, though, because it's all the way along the outer edge, this is not a simple repair. It's not a, a minor repair. It's what I would consider a fairly major repair to fix that problem. Okay, Jared, I sure appreciate it. We'll thanks, buddy. Touch. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Just call the office, 647-3907. Thanks for the call. Thanks a lot. Pre- appreciate it. All right, so let's see. Let's go to um, – that was Kenny in Southside. Let's go to Andrew in Middleburg. Hey, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Yeah, I got a question about windows. I live in a, a brick house, and uh, the windows I'm thinking about replacing are all west facing windows and uh, just one with no shade and I was just wondering you know some recommendations on that sure and is it um it, you said it's a brick home correct right yeah Norwegian so, brick. yeah so it's really important I mean the 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 window itself is important the brand of the window the style of the window the type of the type of glass is really important but making sure that the installer knows how to um uh, remove the old window without causing any damage, and then installing, uh, measuring the window so that it's exactly right for that opening, and then installing it properly with proper sealing is 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 the is really the the most important part. When it comes to window selection, I it's it's actually about a a five minute discussion I need to go through on the type of glass and and impact resistance. And unfortunately, I've come to the end of the show. I've only got about thirty seconds left, and so I can't answer all of that question here but if you get we do replacement windows and if you call my office at 647-3907 we can send somebody out and give you a quote and kind of go through what your different options are I, I apologize I can't get into the entire discussion here but we've we've just come to the end of the show so thank you Andrew for that question I appreciate it all right, all right my, thank you. 
My business is called Universal Roofing Contracting. We're your local roofing, siding, and window replacement company. I'd love to be a part of your next project. Uh, Just go to my website, universalroofjacks.com, or give my office a call, 647-3907. Thank you so much for listening today. show's called In the House every Saturday morning. Thank you so much. God bless. See ya. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.